Welcome to Money in the Mind. Join Andy, a mental health therapist, and Aaron, an accountant, as they explore personal finance, psychology, and provide resources to help on your financial journey. Hello and welcome to Money in the Mind. This is episode four. I'm Aaron, joined by my friend Andy. Andy, how are you today? Pretty well, dude. How are you doing? I'm doing well. We are recording early December and we will soon be debuting our first batch of episodes and then probably recording and releasing every couple weeks or so from there on out. But today we are going to talk about dopamine. It's a neurotransmitter in the brain and this is one of my personal favorite topics so we're going to talk about the effects ways it can maybe help ways it can potentially harm and how we can use that to impact and maybe change some of our behaviors around our spending and our money habits so Andy uh, do you have anything before we get started that you wanted to discuss that's been going on with you you know what yeah and and I take back what I said earlier I take these backsies which in the kep household we have a firm rule no take these backsies I, I I'm not doing I'm not doing good I'm doing pretty great right now I finished up my final test in a class and I graduate in a number of days now with that with that good old masters of clinical mental health counseling at uh that been taken the past goodness three and a half years to complete and so that has been I, I'm doing really well and so I, I hopefully passed the uh, the assessments test with good old Dr. Bjornsson last night, which I think I did. I feel very confident about that. So you know what? I, I'm not just doing good. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty great, Ron. That's good. Well, and this is more than just a three and a half year long process. This goes back probably to your college days. Oh, definitely. In some ways. Definitely. I, I, doing the undergrad in psych, I, I've always had an interest in the human mind and just connecting with people and helping people help themselves. So yeah, so for my banter, I, I originally planned talking about Frozen 2, which we took my daughter to. Actually, you know what? I lied. We took the whole family to. <laughs> there was this whole event, man. It was really cool. It was at Exarvin Theater. And so what we did is it was like $10 a ticket. And with the ticket, you got a movie ticket. And then beforehand, they had Princess Elsa and Princess Anna come and like take pictures with the kids. And then they had like a sing along before the movie started. And they had a creamery there and they had a special ice cream that was made. And overall it was, I mean, it was, it was a cool experience. And Brenna, my daughter, my three-year-old daughter just ate it up. My 13 year old son, Caden did, uh, did not eat it up as much, but I distinctly watched him during the movie to see if he was enjoying himself. And I can, I have, I have evidence in my head says he was laughing when it was funny and he was getting into the movie even though he was like oh he's kind of a girl movie and i was like whatever it was a phenomenal movie dude disney seems to have perfected the the art of i mean this i mean of course this goes back decades but they can find you know little inside jokes that adults can understand even in a kid's movie definitely they go over the kids really i mean it's a huge (laughs) production but they've got a lot of this stuff down to a science and, and speaking of, for my banter, I wanted to share, and this is actually related to our topic, even though that's not really my intention, uh, my excitement here in early December for the, the final Star Wars movie. Ooh. 
that will come out in a little over two weeks from now. And I wanted to just kind of bookmark this point in time for me because I was thinking about this um, as it relates to, to dopamine and that the excitement in the anticipation for something like a Star Wars movie is something that really I've maybe experienced two or three times in my entire life. And this is probably the final time to experience the excitement of a brand new Star Wars movie. It's something I, I watched when I was a kid, and it's one of those things that just sticks with you for your whole life. So very excited to see it. I'm trying to kind of just soak in the last couple of weeks because as soon as the credits roll and that movie is over, it it's kind of for the rest of my life, it's, it's almost over in a sense when you consider the original classic trilogy with all of your favorite characters, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, Princess Leia. And really, there's only a couple weeks before that whole experience kind of ends. So I'm trying to just soak it all in it in and and be excited about it consume all sorts of content and just enjoy it you know one of the one of the things that how i've experienced dopamine in my life that really stuck out was originally having the idea of mixing therapy with finances and essentially working with people in their relationship with money and i still remember when i listened to the art of manliness podcast episode number 184 and i'll never forget this where brett mckay was interviewing our our friend not friend but i i think he's phenomenally great Ramit Satie and he would not claim to be our friends but maybe one day they right? feel like friends because you're listening in on their conversation that so. is true that is very true and with with that episode it, it sparked in the idea it talked about behavioral psychology and and finances and I was like why can't this be used in therapy and I it was so exciting in the anticipation of of understanding this and this was back in 2012 and I remember calling Ron about it because I was like who better to share this with than somebody who geeks out over finances more than anyone else that I know and being able to share that and then over the course of the two years that dopamine hit definitely subsided and that definitely was like at one one point it definitely became push it be it became when push comes to shove and you had to start implementing and start building that foundation of okay what does this look like in the future of our professional lives and with that came a podcast and a blog and a potential business and those kind of things and so that's another thing that we'll talk about is what do we do when the dopamine subsides sure and I think it's a good jumping off point to actually define what it is and what we're going to be discussing today. Could you give us a definition what we're discussing when we talk about dopamine? Absolutely. So in our brain, dopamine is a neurotransmitter. It's like, okay, well, that didn't define anything. I don't know what a neurotransmitter is. Well, a neurotransmitter is a chemical that's released within our brain, all depending on what stimulus that we're experiencing right now. So if we have if we have like an exciting thing about that we're waiting for, dopamine is just released into our brain and we get to feel that excitement. We get to feel that anticipation of, of what's going on. And so there's a bunch of brain chemistry that's going on in our brain when certain brain chemicals are released. Now, other neurotransmitters that you might have heard of, things like dopamine is the only trans neurotransmitter that anticipates, like w that comes with the future. Serotonin is another one, and that kind of tells us that everything is a-okay. -OK. The oxytocin and vasopressin which, uh, you know, it, it, that kind of gives us the feelings of connection and warmth to other people, but also it creates uh, like hostility toward people outside of our like 
circle. Which one was that? That is vasopressin and oxytocin. Okay. Yeah, kind of crazy. It's 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 all it's it's one side or the other depending on who you are as a person or who you're interacting with. That's that's really what that is. Then you have norepinephrine, which is your flight or fight one, and then the true pleasure molecules, which we often get confused with dopamine, serotonin, some of that oxytocin, vasopressin. It it has the enduring joy and happiness. Those are your endor endorphins and the endocabinoid, and I think I pronounced that correctly. So those are some of the neurotransmitters that you might have heard of before sure so dopamine there are so many ways we could discuss this and and it's like i said at the beginning this is one of my favorite topics because there there's so many ways in which it can help us it can hurt us it's not a good or bad neurotransmitter in and of itself it's just something that when it kind of spikes in our brains can influence us to do certain things so what where do you where do you want to start with this there's so many ways we could go one of the most common examples that i hear of when we talk about dopamine is dealing with gambling so dopamine isn't released when you win Dopamine is released when you pull that slot machine lever, or I guess, do they have slot machine levers anymore? I, I'm pretty sure, yes. Okay, I'm, I'm sure there are slot machines that you pull a lever, but I know there's like buttons and things like that. But so when you're pulling that lever, or even with scratch tickets, when you're actually scratching the ticket off, that's when you're experiencing dopamine, that anticipation that, oh my gosh, I could win, I could win. And when you win, that's a completely different sensation. That's a different neurotransmitter that's going on. And so where where dopamine can become a bad thing in this particular instance is even if you win, you want that anticipation again. You love that excitement, that reward, that that overwhelming joy of just, oh my gosh, I could win again, I could win again. And that's where people start developing some of those negative habits with dopamine. Now, given that's just one very small aspect of what dopamine can do for people. Yeah, it's the potential, the possibility Correct. for a reward that gets your dopamine neurons firing in a sense, if that's the right terminology to use. Yeah, absolutely um, it is. Absolutely. Your neurons firing, yeah, the, the chemical reactions, the, the electricity running through your brain. Another one outside of gambling that everyone could kind of experience around this time of year, now given it's December 4th when we're recording this, and so the anticipation of the holidays regarding whatever holiday you experience, a lot of these holidays experience presents and or the uh, the opening the anticipation what's under the tree what is in there and the dopamine you're experiencing in this particular instance is when you're opening the gift when you're waiting to open that gift and that's the excitement and that's why you can go from gift to gift to gift as a kid you know you can open three million things and you know now you have a bunch of toys and it's like Oh, when you come off that almost like that dopamine rush, now it's like, okay, now we can maybe play with the toys. But it isn't as exciting as when you are... Um when you're opening those gifts. Another one that Ron and I, the nerds that we are, could relate to is maybe buying a new video game or buying a new game, anything, board game, anything like that. And you just want to get home and you want to plug that bad boy in. You want to fire up the system and, okay, what is it, what's it going to be like? Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a certain date and time where all the major game and even for movies, the review sites, they have a kind of a blockade on when they can release their review of the, that game. And for some games that I find interesting, even though I don't, I don't play as many games as I used to, but I remember, you know, a year ago when the super smash brothers game came out for the Nintendo switch that when that timeline kind of embargo lifted, 
I was reading multiple reviews and just <laughs> thinking about thinking about the game. I was so excited to, to go out and buy it. And yeah, I, I you can almost if you consciously think about it, which which you don't most of the time, but if you do, you can almost feel that you're getting a dopamine hit from the possibility and just the excitement and anticipation of something that you're looking forward to. I have a funny story a little bit further with that game, the Super Smash Brothers, that Ron happened to purchase. Oh, by the way, I ran into someone the other day who I introduced you as Ron, and I, I said Aaron to them. I was like, yeah, Aaron and I are starting our podcast, and, and this person was like, wait, wait a second. Is, is his name really Ron, Aaron? And I was like, yeah, let me explain that. Anyway. 60% um, of my name. 60% of the name. There we go. He's a numbers guy, right? Anyway, so the funny story about that game and, and the dopamine that Aaron experienced and, and just going on and on about this game and reading the reviews and everything like that, guess how long he had that game before he lent it to me and how long I had it after that? I probably had it three weeks maximum. And then he goes, hey, man, if you want to borrow this, you can. And I think I had it for about six months. Oh, you had it until about two weeks ago. So it was close to a year. Oh, okay. That's almost true. a year where you had the game. And then I, I got it back so I could pay $6 to get one particular downloadable character called Banjo-Kazooie. That's a real deep cut or some, not for others. And I played that for a few hours and I haven't played it since. And now if I if I want to borrow Super Smash Brothers again, I guess I know who to who to ask. You know. One thing I've got a personal should I call it an addiction? It could be at an, a level of an addiction. I know it is for others, but social media, particularly Twitter, the algorithms, the brilliance with which those companies have designed their platforms to keep people scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I think one of the major factors in that is the way your dopamine in your brain works because you're constantly wondering, at least for me, what is going to be next? You know, who's, whose post am I going to see next? What's someone going to tweet about next? What news that's happened today that I don't know about might show up on my timeline? So I'll continue to scroll and scroll and scroll because there's that anticipation, that excitement of, well, what what's happening on the internet today that I need to know about, even though 96% of the time I don't need to know what's going on. Exactly. And the same thing is with Facebook. And by no means are we creating an excuse for you to say like, well, I, I can't put the phone down because the dopamine is just too high. By no means are we saying that you can't get the scrolling under control. I myself am, am kind of a Facebook nut, whether that's memes all day or anything like that. But I definitely have an issue from time to time putting down the phone and being able to, you know, do something else with my time again. And this is what we hope to accomplish in this, to, this episode today is how to really start not controlling, but being able to experience that dopamine, but understand that there's so much more behind the dopamine. So the first thing that I want to start with is an expert from the Art of Manliness 33 
Signs of Maturity. Now, this book was written by both Brett and Kate McCaig, and I, I reference Brett. He is the host of the podcast, The Art of Manliness, and him and his wife released this this $5 digital download book that's just 33 signs of maturity, and it's very easy read. I think each sign of maturity has one page, maybe a page and a half of reading behind it, and it just helps explain kind of the things of how to become a little bit more mature every single day. Very, very easy read again. And this particular one was the kind of hopping from thing to thing to thing and instead of grounding ourselves. So the excerpt says, the immature man flits from idea to idea, hobby to hobby, goal to goal, relationship to relationship, from one new direction or lark of self-invention to the next. He runs on the giddiness of novelty, rides on the drive of dopamine till the honeymoon excitement burns off. Then it's on to the new path that once more promises the illusion of fulfillment without friction. The mature man or person knows how you can never build a mighty, beautiful edifice if you always abandon the structure when it's only one story tall. They know any worthy endeavor requires sustained effort, long-term investment, because he's able to switch from the unsustainable excitement of choosing and conquering to the durable satisfaction of maintaining and building that which he starts and he sees through. So to compare that to our own situation, when we first had the idea to start mixing psychology and money, which by the way, we were not the first. Uh, turns out when we did a lot of research on it, there were plenty of research articles, books and things like that written about the idea of mixing you know, counseling and psychology with the idea of financial relationships that people have with their money. So that just it goes to show that it, it, to start understanding this, it's it's knowing that the things that we put our time and effort into, we want to start building those up instead of just going, oh, I'm bored with this now. The dopamine rush has worn off and, and that's that onto the next thing. And so that's why we want to talk about the delay satisfaction with certain things as well and understanding that even though we can, it's cool to experience in that rush, when we start delaying the idea of moving to the next thing, we start finding the joy and that true pleasure and different neurotransmitters start firing because of those things. And I think you can see this in anyone who's been in a long-term relationship with someone, how when it starts, you've got that high level of excitement. Um, everything is new. You're incredibly interested in the other person. You want to get to know everything about them. And then at some point, probably everyone experiences a point at which they notice a drop off in their mind where they don't feel all the excitement that they did. Or the end of the honeymoon phase. The end of the honeymoon phase. And people can get discouraged at that point because in some ways we've been trained to just constantly seek after that dopamine rush. The new, the best, the beauty. And that's where we get mixed in. I mean, we, we are money in the mind. So let's, let's talk about some money too. So how does, how does dopamine affect the way that we spend the money? Well, I mean, just like that, Hey, we've got this, we've got the new brand new system, uh, whether that's, you know, video game system or sound system. Do people still buy sound systems or do they just buy like the sound bar now? That's a good question. I okay. I mean, you remember those really cool houses that you'd walk into and they'd have the crazy surround sound where they had the speakers like hanging behind you? And... I think that's still a thing. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so, okay, perfect. So I still think that's very cool. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so 
it's 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 needing to have that next best thing so you know it's kind of like that christmas morning or or any any morning that you're ripping open that gift and and you you hold it in your hands and then you're like okay i've got this gift where's my next gift where's my next gift and that's exactly what it's like when we start spending money very frivolously and we talked about overspending last time and and that's where we start to get in that that rut of, oh my gosh, I've got all this stuff now and, you know, all these things. And, you know, we don't, we don't even know where our values assigned to those particular things. Again, we're not saying having stuff is a bad thing. It's when you start buying things, when you start experiencing those things because of that initial rush, instead of maybe grounding themselves in certain values that you share at your core belief. Can I tell you where I think the dopamine kind of can hurt us the most as it relates to finances? Yes, please. I think the probably the two biggest things, and it's because they are some of our largest purchases that we make, involve cars and houses. Those things are not problems in and of themselves, just like dopamine is not a problem not a good or bad thing. It just, it just is when it comes to buying cars and homes. I think what happens in a lot of cases, not all of them, of course, is that people get excited about the idea of being in a new home or the newness of the home is so exciting that they kind of drop everything to move towards that goal of buying a home, which, which is a good thing in, in a lot of cases. There's nothing inherently wrong about buying a house, But uh, at least in my personal experience, when my wife and I bought a house a few years ago, we don't regret the purchase, but you can see how it influenced the purchase heavily. And in a lot of cases, people are motivated to buy too much house. Sometimes I think about, well, what types of things do I do with the house that we live in? Could I do that in a a house that's $50,000 lower price? And I think the answer to that is yes. So sometimes it can influence you to buy too much house or get a new car when that's maybe not what you need. A lot of people, they get the high of buying that car and driving that car for maybe a couple of weeks. But then after a certain point, you stop even thinking about the car while you're driving it. You're thinking about the things you have to do at work or the errands that you're running and you don't even think about the car. It's it's not even, your brain is already on autopilot. It's adapted to your new circumstances. That hedonic treadmill is kind of the, the fancy term for it, where you just kind of get used to your new circumstances and you're not any more satisfied than you were before. Now, that's, again, not to say that you shouldn't go out and buy a, a nice car or anything. If that's where your values align and that's something that's within your budgetary means, then absolutely, if that's how you like to spend your money, cool. That's how you like to spend your money. And just as a little special treat, we are going to we're going to have our first ever guest on Money in the Mind, and it happens to be our resident thirteen-year-old Caden, who also lives in our house, who is approaching his bedtime as we record this. So, Caden, we want to get a thirteen-year-old seventh-grade middle schooler's perspective on what dopamine is. Now, I don't expect you to know what dopamine is, and that's fine, but you know about anticipation. So what kind of things excite you in your life right now? Okay, uh, I really like Christmas, of course, because of family, because I like people, but also... Because he has to say that. Yeah, (laughs) I get paid to say that, but also because you get stuff. Who doesn't like getting stuff? 
There you go. Especially so, when you don't have to pay for it. Absolutely, especially when you don't have to pay for it. Well, somebody has to pay that uh, bill for you to get stuff. So is anything beside maybe Christmas upcoming that you are excited about right now? I enjoy going to school. And I... Do you? As much as I love the people there, not just break, or not just Christmas, but I also like break because it's just chill. I always, every week I like pick something in the week to look forward to. So like usually if it's, if there's not much going on in the week, I usually just think of the weekend because it's a break. Who doesn't think, who doesn't get anticipated about the weekend? I know I, I, pretty sure everyone does unless of course maybe you work a job that you don't like but we can talk about that in another episode so another reason maybe you like going to school is there anyone that you are uh, romantically excited to see at school yeah but we don't need to talk about that uh, okay right okay I'm just putting you on the spot so are there any gifts that maybe you're excited to receive well I don't really know what I'm getting because that's kind of the surprise of Christmas. So let let me ask you that question right now. Are you more excited about what you might get than knowing what you might get? Yes. So I, as you know, have not asked for much for Christmas. Correct. Because, yes, I do like Your Aunt Jamie's real real excited about not not having a list at all. (laughs) Yeah. As much as I love saying I want this and getting it, it's also nice to just kind of have somebody get you something when you don't know what it is. And it's just, okay. now you have it now, whether you like it or not. So is is the anticipation, can you use other words to describe what you're feeling about, you know, waking up, getting out of school, having time to yourself? I mean, that's exciting in and of itself, wouldn't you say? Very much so. Very exciting. Now, what can you do to maybe enjoy your break more so you're not looking back and being like, oh, now I'm back at school. So I said earlier, just a second ago, that I usually look forward to things. And when those things actually come, I don't look like, I don't think about it being over. I think about it happening right then. Okay. So I think in the present that it's going on. Very cool. Okay. So last question for you, Caden, before we send you off. What things... Do you know? Do you no longer use that you once just could not wait to get them? A lot of video games. Okay. Like, there's a couple video games that I've been like, I need this. I need it so bad. I want it more than my family. And then now it's just kind of like I don't touch it. It's sitting on a shelf and it's dusty. All right. Well, hey man, I appreciate your time. Get to bed, bud. All right. Well, again, we thank Caden. And now we have to bring Ron back in because due to budgetary constraints, we have but only two microphones that we can record with at a time, which is why you did not hear Ronald's beautiful, soothing voice over everything. So go ahead, Ron. Yeah. Well, we were talking about some of the ways in which dopamine can maybe influence us to have poor decision making, you know, when it comes to houses or cars or potentially other large purchases. And so we wanted to transition into the ways that dopamine responses can work to our advantage in terms of our spending and our finances. So one of the easy ways you can actually use it to your advantage is spending on trips, spending on experiences, something where 
if you maybe make a down payment on something a long ways out, one of my favorite things to do is look on Airbnb for a place that you might want to stay and then going ahead and booking a place. It could be a long time out and then you get all of that anticipatory buildup where you look forward to staying somewhere. You might come back every so often and just scroll through the Airbnb images of the place where you're staying. You might plan a little bit of an itinerary or consider the things that you'll do on your trip. So that's one of the ways where spending on an experience on a trip can really be beneficial in building up some excitement. And a lot of the time, because we're such instant gratification kind of people now in our society to where we're like, hey, if I want it, I can go out and buy it. Or our friendly company, Amazon, has allowed us to click something and two days later it arrives at our doorstep. There's nothing more exciting than getting that box on your doorstep and be like, oh my gosh, it's here. Or what is it? Or maybe I ordered it when I was not in the right mindset or something like that. And the other thing that you can really help and kind of retrain or recondition your brain to do is understanding that when you're kind of like Ron said, when you're saving for an experience, it can not just be an experience, but maybe saving up for a car, saving up for a house, you know, putting away that money every month and just having that congratulatory feeling of, you know what, I transferred $200 into my savings account this month. And my golly, that is that is exciting to me because I see that growing and maybe getting if you if you're if you invest your money right now your retirement you know oh i put in this much money and look how much it's grown so far those are great anticipations of what is yet to come and these are great ways that dopamine can experience it's it's when we have that instant gratification that maybe we can't afford is when we start taking some of those hits yeah and i love thinking about dopamine in the context of retirement savings because it's something that not many people like to think about, or especially if you're young and you're a few years into a career where you don't consider that you might want to retire someday. And so if you think about, well, what's something tangible that I can look forward to 30, 40 years from now that will motivate me to start saving for retirement, start investing open up that IRA, contribute to your company's 401k. And that's that's something that I, I do occasionally. I kind of imagine, okay, what do I want to do in retirement? Or where can I see myself? How do I see myself spending time? And if you think about those things, even if they change later on, you can start moving towards those goals by putting a little bit of money away in a retirement account so that you can kind of put a down payment on the future and have something to look forward to. On the spot question, Ron, when you retire, what are you excited most to spend your retirement money on? Oh my goodness. That's really difficult to say. I I don't know. I I can see myself going to baseball games or are you going to do a tour? Uh you're going to go to every baseball stadium in America? I mean, maybe that could be a uh, something I would see. I could see myself doing, yeah, doing a ballpark tour, or you know, being a big Husker football fan, being one of those people that go to all the road games, uh, or at yeah, least the interesting ones. At least right now, that's the type of thing that gets me excited. I I keep telling my wife it'd be really fun to rent an RV and just go to an away game and just 
you know, the people that tailgate at their RVs and have those, their satellite TVs out and they're just watching games all day and, and then go to the game or just stay at the RV. Oh, definitely. Mine is, so I, I'm a big Scotch fan. And one of the things that I want to do probably a little bit before retirement before I um, become less mobile is I'd really like to take a scotch tour of Scotland. I'd really like to go to all the various regions where they produce scotch. I think there's six or seven of them that they mainly produce various different kinds of scotch. And I think that would be a ton of fun to be able to do and just take like a month trip and just travel around the countryside to all the different distilleries and be able to go to those kind of things. Also a little known fact about Omaha is Omaha has an amazing food scene. Now, if you're from the coast, obviously you're going to say, no, uh, you know, whatever. Or you're from a major city, you're probably going to disagree with this. But Omaha has an immensely large amount of local eateries that you can't get anywhere else. And it would just be super awesome to be able to eat out four times a week, not feel guilty about that spending, and be able to go. And I know we could technically do that now, but... Right now, our finances don't allow, you know, four or five nights out, but just try new restaurants all around just our city that we live in, something that we're able to do. There are so many ways we can use dopamine to our advantage. I think what we want to use for our final segment are a number of actionable steps we can take to consider how dopamine might impact our spending or our financial behaviors. And there are many that we can use. Andy, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first things, you know, we, we've talked about engaging in hobbies. And when, when we start experiencing something new and that dopamine starts hitting, you know, what we want to do is we want to drag that out. Well, the dopamine, you know, the chemical isn't going to keep going, 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 going until we just have no more. And so we have to learn how to build on those foundations. So maybe pick one or two hobbies that you can engage in and and really invest yourself and understand, you know, what you're spending your money on and maybe delay purchases a little bit more so like let's say a brand new game comes out or a brand new tech gadget or something like that and and you know you maybe don't know if you have the funds to cover it or something like that give yourself a day a week just a little bit of time to just say okay what am i spending this money on what value is it gaining to my life what kind of thing what's this going to look like in a in in a day a week a month a year of having this thing so understanding and being in the here and now with that kind of thinking. The other thing is to observe, notice things more. You could distract yourself when you're starting to get very excited and and you're starting to lose interest or even any things like that. Just start looking for things that you normally don't see. Appreciate something for it just being the way that it is instead of like maybe assessing more value than it really has, if that makes sense. Also, just being present in the moment when we get these impulses, these excitements, those kind of things, you know, be able to turn off your phone, be able to be with the person that you're experiencing, how many people go out to, you know, a bar or a restaurant or something like that. And you see a table with four people on their phone or something like that. It's just be present, be with your senses. If you're going out to eat, really experience how does the food smell? How does it look? How does it taste? What does it feel like? Anything like that. Use your five senses to your advantage. One of the very simple and obvious ones that's not easy to do is just getting better sleep and exercising more. That'll keep your dopamine levels kind of closer to where they naturally should be. Um, Although, again, not necessarily easy. 
Uh, listening to music can be a way to keep your natural dopamine levels high. If you're like a lot of people, you have very strong associations with music and it can have a nostalgic effect and kind of take you back. And that can help restore your natural dopamine levels as well. I mentioned booking a trip a long ways out. You might want to consider having ways to get refunds if you need to, but book a flight, book that Airbnb and do it uh, as long as far out as you want. Um, if it's a year, you've got a whole year to be excited about that trip and maybe, maybe not planning a very, very detailed itiner- itinerary so that your expectations aren't super, super high, but just getting a rough idea. Yeah, I'd love to go to the mountains. I'd love to go overseas and booking that a long ways out can be something to look forward to. One of the other things that you can understand is what are the things that like send you into those, you know, frenzies, those buying speeds, those I've got to have it now and it's got to be in my life and those kind of thing, you know, whether it's the the latest iPhone or the newest video game or new furniture or updating your house or whatever it is, buying the new car, seeing the new model, anything like that, understanding what are those things that cause you to go out and spend and be impulsive with everything that you've done. I don't think we've talked about impulsivity, but dopamine really drives impulsivity as well. And so understanding what exactly is causing you to do those kind of things. And so one of the things that I personally know is back to the rush of, of having the new idea with Ron and having the new business idea and wanting to further that and having to, you know, delay that. I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate, very blessed that we, that idea came to me very early on in my, in my schooling to where I couldn't just drop everything and start a financial therapy practice because I I couldn't do it legally. I wouldn't be a, a licensed therapist at the time. So it was really just understanding over the course of those two plus years that we've developed is just, it's the process of building something with him, not only a business partner, but a very dear friend of mine, being able to do these things together, you know, much like doing this podcast together, as much as we love providing good resources with, I get to spend good time with a very close friend of mine that I thoroughly enjoy getting to know even more every time we interact. And doing things like that that are meaningful, that you're building upon. Again, kind of like in in Brett and Kate's book, they talk about that maturity. It's not just abandoning a one-story house. It's building that edifice, that that beautiful structure. And being able to experience that with someone makes it that much better. I've seen you, Andy, over the last number of years be in jobs that you didn't enjoy for <laughs> for stretches of time and one of the ways dopamine can potentially help if you're in a difficult job situation or circumstance that you don't like it's it's not fulfilling it's not satisfying um you could consider okay what's what's my dream job or what's a better scenario for myself and that might lead you motivate you to take some more actionable steps to maybe, you know, update a resume or consider additional education or classes you can take. If you think about, okay, what's the end goal and be able to anticipate, have some excitement about that possible future, that could be something that motivates you to to take some of those steps to move towards that goal. And lastly, one of the things that I'd like to 
at least end with the suggestions or things that actionable steps that you can take is just developing more of your social relationships, developing your relationship with your friends, having people that you can bounce ideas off of. I definitely know my wife takes the brunt of every one of my wild financial ideas. And I take a little bit of the brunt of hers. She's a little bit more grounded than, than I am in, in the emotional stability. She's pretty solid in that area. But being able to bounce ideas off of someone for and, and someone you love and care about to be able to say, you'd, you're kind of on a wild trip again. I don't know if that's the best option. Ron is another one of those people that I bounce ideas off of as well. And so investing in those social relationships, even if it's one or two people you can trust and even being vulnerable with them. That's a good segue to just one of the final ways that you can use dopamine with people that you have those relationships with you can surprise somebody with a gift, buy them a meal, um, write them an actual paper letter or a surprise phone call. When you do that, and it's not a common part of our day-to-day activities, at least it's not for me. When you, when you do that, reach out in a, a different way to somebody, that will give them that dopamine surprise and will deepen the connection that you have with other people. So that's a that's a fun way that you can use it to your advantage. Um, that comes from a really great book, Jason Zweig. He's a Wall Street Journal finance columnist, and he wrote a very good work called Your Money and Your Brain, which is kind of one of the inspirations for what we're doing here. And that was one of his suggestions. Surprise somebody with a, a gift, a meal, whatever it might be. Give them that rush of dopamine that they can enjoy. If you want to learn a little bit more about this, you can always go one of the places that I pulled semi heavily upon was episode 429 of the Art of Manliness podcast. And that's taking control of the brain chemical that drives excitement, motivation and more. And in there, Brett McKay interviews a couple of great guys that have done extensive research over dopamine. And I know they have a book about it, too. Okay, well, I think that'll do it for today. Please subscribe if you enjoy the show. Please tell a friend. And if you would like, send us an email, moneyandthemind at gmail.com. Otherwise, I think that'll be good enough for us today. Thank you for listening to Money in the Mind.